0: files on Double J.
1: In July 1982, an 11-year-old kid from the Chicago Projects is playing basketball with his friends. His name is Charles Stewart, and he's waiting for his turn to get into the game. Someone's playing music out of a transistor radio, and a song comes on. The song stops Charles in his tracks. It's the lyrics that stun him. Don't
2: push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under.
1: The song was The Message by Grandmaster Flash and The Furious Five, and it left a lifelong imprint. Ten years later, Charles is now Charlie Tuner, He's a graffiti artist and a budding rapper living in LA. He's a regular at the Good Life Cafe's Open Mic Nights, a hotbed of independent rappers keen to try out their skills and test new material. Hey, yo, he doesn't know it, but very soon, Charlie Tuna will form a hip hop collective called Jurassic Five, and his career is about to take off. I'm Gemma Pike and this is The J Files, where we dig into the Double J archives to get the incredible stories behind the music. I love hearing how my favourite songs came about and I also love knowing what makes artists tick. What albums did they pour over as teenagers? What songs did they listen to over and over? What lyrics did they learn off by heart? Well, Double J has a podcast called Take 5, and it's hosted by Zan Rowe. Zan, what's the Take 5 all about?
3: It's a really simple idea. It's basically the people that you love talking about the songs they love. So every time we have someone in to take five, we have a different theme. We tailor make the theme to the guest that's coming in. And I think what I love about it is that often with music interviews, artists are so used to talking about themselves that this gets them in the zone of being a fan again. And when you're a fan, you kind of let down your guard a bit. You show that vulnerable, soft underbelly uh, and you really talk about the music that made you. So it's a chance to just really, you know, tap into the fandom of the people that you love and often find a whole bunch of incredible music yourself as well.
1: You're right, because we're all music fans. So, what are some of your favourite take fives
3: over the years, Anne? God, it's so hard to pick because I've been doing it for like 14 <laughs> years. Um, but I did have a little scan through, and some of the ones that really stand out to me were like Jessica Mauboy. <laughs> I didn't make a shit up on my own. She just had such an incredible way of painting pictures and, and taking us to Darwin, where most of her Take Five choices were from. Warren Ellis of The Dirty Three, of Nick Cave and The Bad Seeds, took us into another realm and reflected back on his life for the first time ever. That was a really emotional Take Five. And then you had the likes of Christine and the Queens coming in on International Women's Day and just slaying with an amazing, highly intelligent, incredible conversation about music and her Queens that she chose. Uh, And then you got other, you know, sort of things like, of course, Paul McCartney, which some people may have heard about. Still one of the greatest honours of my life. He's the only person I've ever let take five with his own songs for obvious reasons. Yep. Uh, Beck, Ice Cube, talking about his life, and Peaches, um, who's one of the most transgressive artists that I've ever come across, and her conversation is amazing. So like I said, it's very hard for me to pick uh, just a few, um, but there are so many to dig into.
1: Mm, I remember one that you did with Tom Waits just being an absolutely extraordinary conversation. I mean, you really get... Some of the most formidable musical minds, um, this um, incredible conversation. So, yeah, that was a great one.
3: I think that they really just enjoy the artists that come in. They all enjoy it, whether they read it on paper when the, you know, manager's pitching it to them and go, this is great, or afterwards they're like, I just loved doing that. Fatboy Slim, a couple of weeks ago, just I could have talked to him for days and afterwards he said, thank you. Thank you for just letting me talk about the music that I love it's like you think that it's the most common thing in the world but for artists it's just not something that they do that often so yeah they've been really special to me i get very emotional when i think about the take five
1: Mm, well we love them as well um dan where can we
3: find the take five to listen to Super easy. Basically, if you use podcasts, it's wherever you get your podcasts. Just type in Take 5 with the number 5 and you'll find it on your app. Very easy to listen to via the awesome Triple J app as well. It's on demand there. And, of course, if you're a desktop user, just jump onto the Double J website, click on the mornings page, and you'll find all the list of Take 5s there for you to stream online.
1: So, for those real insights into the music that influenced the artists that we know and love, the Take 5 is the place to go, right? Thanks, Zan. Pleasure. Now, the reason that I wanted to mention the Take 5 is because I did a Take 5 when I was covering for Zan on Triple J a few years ago. It was 2014, and I spoke to Los Angeles hip hop group Jurassic 5. Now J5 came through the 90s underground hip-hop scene and they were a really alternative voice and sound. They were coming up at the same time as a lot of the big gangster rap names like Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg and Tupac. But J5 were different because they were preaching positivity and unity, they were using fun and inventive beats... And they had four MCs and two turntablists. So it was really interesting for me to be able to get into the minds of three members of the group. Charlie Tuna, Cut Chemist and DJ Newmark to find out about their musical influences and the music that helped shape Jurassic 5's unique sound. The theme for the Take 5 was Songs of Trailblazers, artists who had changed a scene or defined an era. For Charlie Tuna grandmaster flash and the furious fives the message was a lightning ball moment
4: there's a school across the street from the place that i lived uh called paul Lawrence dunbar high school it was the only it was a it had its own park and everything and we used to go play basketball there now a friend of mine had a transistor radio and we were all like playing basketball waiting on our next t- you know turn to get into the game and this and the third and we used to always try to you know do a little calisthenics and try to get you know buff or whatever He's playing his transistor radio, and the message came on the radio. You know, we were already into, like, Rapper's Delight and stuff, but when the message came, it was like... For me, being a, a product of the projects of Chicago, like, hearing all of the words that he said, it was like he was describing where we lived, and I was just, like, amazed by that.
2: Broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the stage. You know, they just don't care. I can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice.
4: I thought rap... Was more of a braggadocious thing, and oh, oh, I could make this word rhyme that word. I'm cool, you know. I got a color TV, so I can see the Knicks play basketball. Mm. But when I heard the message, I was just like, "Oh my God!" It just really spoke to me from a perspective of you can use this art form for more than. You know, just just bragging about what you got. It
1: was the first socially conscious hip-hop track, Bingo, eh? go,
4: and it just really shook me from... I, I remember slipping off the stair, because I had some cheap sneakers on, yep. and a, a piece of glass stabbed me in my right foot. I still got the scar at the bottom calling my hip-hop scar, <laughs> <laughs> to
2: used to be a fag hag, such a dance tango, skip the life and dangle, a silk-on to seemed to lost her senses. Down at the peep show, watching all the creeps, so she could tell the stories, to the girls back home. She went to the city and got so-so it She had to get a poop, she couldn't make it on her own. Don't, don't push me cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under It's like a jungle sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under
1: By the late 80s Public Enemy had picked up the baton from Grandmaster Flash with their politically charged socially conscious rhymes Rebel Without a Pause was the first song written for their second album, It Takes a Nation of Millions, to Hold Us Back.
4: Nobody did what they were doing, in my opinion. I mean, out the gate. I, I remember seeing them first. Uh, there was the Death Jam tour, if I'm not mistaken, Sports Arena, Los Angeles, and 87, first year of high school. We went and checked it out. These guys come out and with Uzis doing military steps, and I was just like, oh, man, what is going on? We're in Los Angeles. This yeah, is like... Yeah. At the time, like the highest point of gang activity, you know what I'm saying. So these guys coming out on stage with guns tripped me out at the, at first, and then I don't know. I was just blown back by their performance. But you know, I think that the the sweet and the sour, the the mm. the hard and the soft, you know, it's weird. They just work. It's yeah. just, the, just it works. They
0: were yeah. the first one to incorporate all that contrast. Hey, You had Flav, who was the hype man. You know, high spirited Chuck, that was you know serious, jumping down your throat, baby. <laughs> like you know, he's he's going for the gusto. And then just on a musical level, with just so many layers. Like man, I couldn't layer that many samples if it crawled up and bit me. Like that's just that's a lot of layering of you know that that tends to sound crowded. You know, when you make music like that and there's all those layers, but they it was seamless. Picks up really nice from um, the message, which you know created the genre of reality rap, and then Chuck picked up on it and uh, made it conscious rap, mm. and kind of aimed it towards a, a more of a demographic um, and more m- like militant, military, and brought that whole context to it, which was strange and uh, intimidating mm. almost. You know, I remember being intimidated to the point by their music that I didn't like it. Later, it became my favorite group of all time. <laughs> um, not much later either; it was like a week later. Uh, but that first time I heard it, I was like, I, "I don't know what to do with this." There's guitars, like on every song. Guitars aren't supposed to be in rap; that's for rock. Yeah, you know they broke those rules, and and it was so powerful. Like because it broke so many rules.
1: The East Coast hip-hop scene has produced a lot of trailblazers, and if J5 singled out Grandmaster Flash and Public Enemy as some of the artists who changed a scene or defined an era, they couldn't possibly leave De La Soul off that list. Cut Chemist says De La's 1989 debut single, Plug Tunin, was almost the complete antithesis to what Public Enemy was doing.
4: And now for my next number, I'd like to return to the classics. Perhaps... The most famous classic in all the world of music. World of music. World of music.
0: The first time around, I didn't quite understand. i speak. do speak. I bought Plug when it first came out, in, I think it was '88. I took it back. I was like, I can't handle this. this I don't know what. I, no. And the reason I, I bought it was because I was a big Stetsasonic fan. It yeah. was Prince Paul, the DJ Stetsasonic's right. new group. Yeah. So I was like, well, I like them a lot. So let me give this a shot. And it was nothing like Stet. No. And then I took it back and traded it in for Master Move by Masters of Ceremony, (laughs) which I was like, okay, now this I can handle. It's like, you know, a fence-walk sample. Cool. Um, (laughs) And then, of course, De La Soul became one of my favorite groups just as much as Public Enemy and influenced everything on Down the Line, you know,
4: in my life. Including
0: us. Including us, because the first Jurassic 5 beat I ever made, which is our debut single, I made because I was so inspired by a De La Soul song in 93
2: block to the future called pass, let them be the stir to the style of your stew, sit while the kick of the plug from aroma, then grab a date to sit your favorite fruit. letting this soul fire be your first flyer, but don't let the kick drum stop your big toe, that the three will be your threat But like my man Chuck D said What a brother, no dance while I play In a cue card sway from my flower girls China and Jet The button is pressed and 89 will start the panic From De La Soul and absent from step Negative noise will be all divided Dangerous to dance Paphimus will croon Ducks and cassettes will all be ripped When pain position to the naughty noise called plug to me
1: For J5's fourth trailblazer, we're jumping forward to 2008 for a song by New Orleans rapper Lil Wayne. It's not an artist the whole group agrees on, but Cut Chemist stands by his decision to include a millie in this list.
0: To complete antithesis of the uh, conscious rap, there was a new wave of what I like to call drug rap. You know, things are getting too serious. Let's just take drugs and let people know we're taking drugs and sound like we're taking drugs because it's all like, you know, everything was choppy. For a while, with like Ludacris and Jay Z and everything like that. And then fools were just like, nah, let's just not enunciate and just get high and drink and smoke weed. And, yeah. <laughs> and I thought Lil Wayne was the epitome of that, and he just kind of made it famous.
2: <laughs> and people
0: started to adopt it. And uh, a funny story was, I had to do a pool party in Biloxi, Mississippi, which is, you know, deep south you kind know? of. There and i dropped it at this pool party and i'd never done anything like that before and i was really kind of like oh man i don't know if this is gonna happen and it blew up so hard they were tripping out and i remember dropping that song specifically and and it always stays in my set if i want to go in that direction and every time i do the club just ignites like they never heard anything just before it's just like oh now we're going you know motherfucker I'm ill
2: yeah yeah a million there. Sicilian with hair
1: The fifth and final trailblazer that all members of Jurassic Five could agree on for the take five was Kendrick Lamar. Backseat Freestyle, off Kendrick's 2012 album Good Kid, Mad City. Reminded J5 of a bygone hip-hop style.
0: He's bringing back what we're familiar with in MCing, and it's becoming popular again thanks to him. He just got skilled. A young study of the older stuff. People are exactly. listening to his words in the way he raps the way we were listening to people like Rock Candy. Exactly. If that's changing the game, which people are calling it, it it's changing in a in a, in a way that we we're comfortable with yeah. more than other things. It's like, oh, wow, thank God there there's hope again because yeah. people are listening to rappers the way we used to. And I haven't heard anybody talk about rappers like that in the last... For a long time So that's uh, trailblazing in a direction i like to see Damn
2: I got bitches Wifey, girlfriend, ambitious All my life I want money and fire Respect my mind or die shower I got 25 lighter on my dresser Yes sir, put fire to that
1: I'm Gemma Pike. Thanks for listening to the J Files.
0: The J Files.